Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 199. My name is John. Joining me today is Ryan, fresh off of a 5K, ran here to record this podcast. What's up, Ryan? Literally ran here. Um, I know. Yeah. Uh, wow. We're almost at 200 episodes. Really? 199? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's right. Yikes. Yeah. We have to have a star-studded extravaganza for that uh, that next episode, yeah? Um, yeah, we have nothing planned. We probably better get to work on that. Yeah. Mm, um, yikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, that's correct. We're almost at 200. So um, what better way to celebrate the anticipation of... 200 episodes uh than to talk about dpdd you know uh mm. disney plus day disappointment which we uh Ooh. said we would discuss Ooh. last week <laughs> uh that no, no, i'm kind of kidding and kind of not um the internet certainly this weekend i think has been discussing dpdd um Star Wars fans not entirely thrilled with um, with Disney Plus Day, so it may have been uh, a little overhyped. But uh, yeah, we're going to make this episode fast, um, mm-hmm. famous last words, and we're just going to talk about the Obi-Wan Kenobi um, teaser video that was released as part of Disney Plus Day, and then a little bit of um, the Boba Fett Under the Helmet um, documentary. Uh, I watched that, so we'll touch on that a little bit towards the end, but um but yeah, basically, we're here just to talk about this Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, teaser video. And we may have um, varying levels of, of uh, excitement about that. We'll see when we get mm-hmm. into it. But uh, yeah, let's uh, just quickly address the, I guess, uh, the fan reaction to Disney Plus Day. I don't know if you've been online much this weekend, Ryan. But uh, from what I can see, people were um, less than pleased with uh, <laughs> with the Star Wars offerings for Disney Plus Day. Did you get that impression mm-hmm. as well? Yeah, I mean, I saw, like, some people being, like, jokey about it. Like, I didn't see anyone who's, like, actually, like, mad. Like, I didn't see any, like, actual, like, entitlement or anything. Um, I saw some, like, you know, funny, funny jokes. Like, the the crumbling, uh, sketchy Grogu cake. And they're like, Disney Plus Day cake. Um, stuff like that, which is just funny. But, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like... Um, I wasn't really expecting much, but then like I kind of expected more than what was actually there, um, especially considering they announced like 7,453 Marvel shows uh, and like had like footage and stuff for like 800 hours of Marvel. Like and then they're like, here's one minute of Star Wars. Enjoy. Uh kind of thing so i mean i yeah like it it really wasn't anything so um yeah i I didn't have high expectations right 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 i think um the 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 comparison to the marvel stuff is one one thing that i saw a lot um Mm. uh i did see some entitlement for sure um i saw some 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 definite entitlement some people i mean just a lot of bewilderment as well though and in regards to like the approach um on the part of i guess star wars or lucasfilm or whatever um Mm -hmm. and and like i said a lot of in comparison to marvel you know because it it felt Mm -hmm. like the marvel section of announcements was uh considerably weightier and there was a lot more to it um i also saw and i wish that i could uh recall which account posted this but i saw um someone made like almost like a 
a little thread or I think it might even have been a video, but just was like, Hey, if, if star Wars had followed the Marvel approach to Disney plus day and it listed like, uh, the names of all the shows we already know about and release dates for those shows, you know, cause I don't mm-hmm. think like, I don't really follow the Marvel stuff, but they weren't like showing off trailers and tons of information necessarily. They just announced uh, a handful of shows. If I'm correct, uh, if I'm thinking about that correctly, remembering that correctly, do you know? Uh, no, they were, they were, <clears throat> they were showing like first footage and stuff. Oh, were they? Um, okay. For things. Yeah. So, cause I saw like, things that I saw off the top of my head are like she Hulk and like the Agatha show, um, mm-hmm. which is a spinoff of the, uh, uh, WandaVision, um, show and stuff like that. Like were they, they were showing things from those shows. Uh, like I think they, I didn't, I didn't watch like any of it. Um, but I think they showed like the first footage of like moon Knight or, or at least like a BTS footage or something from that. Um, and, I don't know. There's a, like a ton of, ton of things. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I was like, okay, well what is like, we know that there's a ton of stuff coming to Disney plus in 2022, mm-hmm. but, um, Disney plus day, uh, I don't know if it was Disney plus or if it was Lucasfilm or who, but, um, they really didn't seize on the opportunity to remind people of that very much. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't a word about bad batch. Uh, I didn't see a word about Andor. um, nothing new on book of Boba Fett and uh, nothing regarding Mandalorian season three either, which may be coming out late 2022. Um, So it just kind of seems like from the Marvel approach, those things would have all been at least talked about maybe some, you know, interview footage or behind the scenes, you know, something similar to what we got for Kenobi. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I, I think that the way Lucasfilm approaches it, um, just based on, you know, kind of past behavior or whatever uh, patterns is like they have one show, they focus on that one show. And then when that's done, they'll focus on the new one, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so I think like right now, Book of Boba Fett, they released that trailer a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then Kenobi's next. And that's really all they're going to talk about probably for a while. Um, sort of like, yeah. I think like the Bad Batch, like the first big trailer for bad batch or whatever like debuted pretty much like like right when clone wars got over uh or something i can't i I don't know i can't remember for sure now if that timeline makes sense but um it just it just feels like they really like they focus on one thing only and they don't really want to try to juggle multiple things in terms of promotion and stuff like that uh do i think that's a great idea i don't know um but I, i i just think that's uh Probably not surprising when you, when you kind of look at historically how they've approached things in this era. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe. And, one other comment I saw that was pretty, pretty um, smart, I thought, or like a valid point was, and, and again, I wish I knew who said this. I don't remember at this point. It was just uh, scrolling on the old phone there. But, mm. um, you know, the argument was basically like, hey, uh, people who work on these shows um, or this kind of content are getting ready to strike because of, (laughs) you know, um, the way they are uh, compensated and the way and and the hours they have to work and things like that right now. So to be a fan online, just like being like, where's all the stuff I want to see, you know, is uh, I don't know, maybe something to think about. Um, (laughs) And uh, 
it's really not that big of a deal. I, I, I wish we would have gotten more information. I kind of expected a little more than this, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I don't know. I'm, I enjoyed the documentary. I'm excited about Kenobi and, uh, I know that other stuff is, is on the way. So, um, you know, it would be cool to learn about things coming out in 2023, but there's no way they were announced any new shows coming out next year, right? Like there's already a stack schedule for next year. So I just think, um, there's only so much they want to talk about. Uh, and, and we even Ryan, I think, I don't think this was on the show, but like just us texting and stuff, um, earlier in the week when we heard more about rogue squadron, probably being, mm-hmm. being delayed, um, we're, we're kind of saying, or you specifically, we're kind of saying like, maybe it's best not to talk about stuff too far in advance and actually like make sure it's happening before, uh, we, we get too far into it. So that could be part yeah. of the logic as well. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely that um, because it's like, you know, Lucasfilm have kind of been looking like clowns uh, with the, hey, big announcement. Guess who's making a Star Wars thing? Then like, you know, six months later, uh, yeah, maybe it'll happen. Uh, uh, <laughs> indefinite hiatus. Um, and I think it like, I think like the points about like the striking and stuff is like, that's valid. Um, but also like, it's still under this same giant corporation, uh, you know, under Disney and like, I'm just going to run through real quick the, the Marvel announcements I've been pulled up here. So X-Men 97 animated series announced first look at Moon Knight, first look at She-Hulk, first look at Miss Marvel, which I did watch. Uh, what if season two announced echo Spider-Man freshman year announced, New look at I Am Groot, new look at Ironheart, uh, Agatha House of Harkness announced, animated Marvel Zombies announced, new look at Secret Invasion. And like, I feel like those things that were announced are probably going to happen. And, uh, you know, there's been like a small amount of Marvel projects that either, you know, haven't happened or, you know, they changed some there were some creative shuffles, but like generally they announce stuff and then it exists. Um, and I think that, you know, just the, they're all part of the same giant corporation, but like the, the Marvel machine is just like better oiled, I guess. Yeah. I mean, for sure. They also like, uh, better oiled also um i think have the ambition or the intention of releasing a lot more content too which is mm-hmm. probably another discussion you know like would i want a list of shows that long that are all star wars related things like from like coming to disney plus uh i don't know what the time frame is for all that stuff i'm sure some of it is like 2023 i think the x-men mm-hmm. show might be 2023 right um which i'm looking forward to i think that's uh that sounds cool um uh, but yeah i mean i don't know i like I don't really have an issue with the quantity of projects coming to Disney plus, uh, that are star Wars projects. I think it's just Mm -hmm. about like the way they announce stuff, right. And the way they talk about it. So, um, they certainly have more things going on than they talked about yesterday or on, on Friday. So like, it's almost a marketing thing, probably first and foremost, because they didn't, I, I think at least one perspective or one argument is that they didn't even really, take advantage of all the things that they could have talked about. You know what I mean? So I, that's gotta be intentional. And, uh, I think it's, it's just choosing to 
like they 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 want to fully promote something until it's out and they've got as many eyes on it as they can and then they'll start talking about more about the next thing um but there's there's simple things they could have done like why why did they have to put the uh, book of boba fett trailer out two weeks ago why not save it for disney plus day um that's like how I feel as a fan. It's like, well, it would have been more exciting yesterday if there was the Book of Boba Fett trailer, the Obi-Wan first look, you know, and the Boba Fett documentary. But I think they have these marketing cycles, I'm guessing, you know what I mean? Where they're like, okay, we want X number of weeks to promote a new show before it comes out. And, you know, do they want to give themselves two fewer weeks to promote Book of Boba Fett before it comes out? Or do they want it to launch on Disney Plus Day? And I guess obviously the answer is they want to release the trailer when they want to release the trailer and not, you know, not like base it all around this, this one day. Um, but you know, it's curious. It's interesting. Like who, who makes that decision? Like, is it, mm-hmm. is this Lucasfilm? They must have their own marketing kind of arm and, and department who are behind these choices because they are clearly like pretty different choices than <laughs> Marvel's marketing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and I guess at least so far, Disney must be cool with being like, okay, you guys, you know, um, make those choices. I'm sure they're involved, but, uh, different approaches for Marvel and, and Lucasfilm seem to be, um, okay. Uh, 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 okay, uh, according to the mouse, I guess. You mm. know? Um, mm-hmm. But all right, well, let, let's move into the actual content. Yeah. I mean, people people <laughs> were bummed. Some people were bummed. I, I saw. I, I would I would say, at least to me, it seems like it was something of a failure in terms of getting people excited and making people happy. Like I saw way more complaints than I did mm. positivity. Uh, I guess we should note that the Obi-Wan trailer leaked or the teaser or whatever, the video leaked the day before that didn't help because a lot of people had already seen it. So then they were like waking up on Disney plus day waiting for that Disney plus day miracle, but they'd already Mm -hmm. gotten it. You know what I mean? So uh, did you watch that? You you peaked at your presence uh, before Christmas day. And then this is what happens. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Did you peak at your presence? uh, No, I could, I couldn't find the video. Um, It was already like, scrubbed from the internet but um i think chris on our text chains sent sent us the the art which is kind of the bulk of that trailer it's like the only kind of new content except for like you know Mm -hmm. you and saying i'm really excited about this people love this character uh just like pr fluff um so like the art was kind of the the main draw and so like I'd seen that and then like, yeah. And then like the trailers, you like, say PR fluff. I say music to my ears, but continue. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah. And then like the trailer itself is like, you know, uh, like a minute long. So it's, uh, not really much of anything. Um, and it's not really anything we didn't already know from the kind of initial announcement of the, of the show. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, all right. Well, so we're getting into the show then we're going to get into the, let's just talk about it. All right. Um, I am going to have the video up and running here. I'm turning on subtitles so I can kind of just pop through it because, um, you know, you say like, Hey, it's just PR fluff or whatever. But, uh, I, I felt like some of this stuff was 
I mean, yes, it is PR fluff, but uh, there's a narrative being strung together there either way, right? So it opens with uh, Ewan, um, devilishly handsome as always, saying there's a mm-hmm. hunger for this character to come back. There's a hunger for this character to come back. The fans have been waiting long enough, you know? Something that's extremely exciting is the return of obviously Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is quite a dark time that we're coming into with him. Just being a Jedi, it's not safe. There's Jedi hunters out there. At least he has this one task left, which is to keep Luke safe. That's definitely a starting place for our story. The interesting thing is going to be where it goes from there. The most beautiful thing of all is that it's brought me back together with Hayden. We are bringing back Hayden Christensen to reprise the role of Darth Vader. We couldn't tell the story of Obi-Wan Kenobi without addressing Anakin or Vader. Have another swing at each other. It might be quite uh, satisfying for everybody. We hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it. Um, and there's something as somebody who watched a ton of like behind the scenes stuff about the prequels, um, or like, you know, was just like so closely following the development of the prequels, um, at that time, there is just something like primal to me about, (laughs) um, seeing Ewan McGregor, like smiling and talking about the making of a Star Wars movie. Um, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I don't know that works for me on that level. Um, and of course the, the two kind of voices in this teaser, um, interestingly are Obi-Wan Kenobi and, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> Ewan McGregor and, mm-hmm. um, Deborah Chow. Um, yeah, so those are the awesome. two that is awesome. Yeah. So those are the two kind of creative leads. Um, then of course there is the, the, um, concept art of, uh, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, looking a bit older, looking totally Ewan, of course. Um, and that's the image that Chris sent us, right? The, is it an image of, uh, of Obi-Wan on a EOP? Is that what that is? Ooh. Um, I think it might be. Yeah. As a side note, as a side note, Ryan, we recorded our podcast about the book of Boba Fett trailer Mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the opening, um, spider thing. (laughs) I was, uh, kind of cracking up and, uh, and given myself uh, the business, chastising myself a little bit because, like, every podcast I listened to after that was like, oh, it's the, and now I've already forgotten the name of it, but there's a name for that creature and it's in Return of the Jedi. And mm. so I listened to like three different podcasts who were like, wow, can you believe it opened up with this thing? Like, and they were naming it and talking about it like they knew all about it. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow, well, we suck. We, we don't know our Star Wars very well. Um, you know, yeah, maybe if I would have shows. known that fact, I'd be excited for that show. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you were the kind of person who knew that fact, <laughs> maybe. Um, yes. Yeah. Maybe that would have really resonated and pulled at my nostalgic heartstrings mm. that I know. Well, does this concept art image of Obi-Wan resonate with you uh, on the o- EOP or whatever it is? Yeah, it looks like the Sideshow Collectibles toy <laughs> that oh, they yeah? made. Yeah, like the, like, it was like a conceptual, like, what would Obi-Wan look like 10 years after Revenge of the Sith? And it, like, looks like that. <laughs> It's okay. Kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, 
the the maybe if there if I have a takeaway about that concept our image is that it really looks influenced by the Clone Wars era Obi Wan like the cartoon era uh, mm. cartoon Clone Wars um, you know which is a similar look to the way he looks in uh, Revenge of the Sith I guess right with the shorter hair and the beard uh, mm-hmm. versus the full on mullet of Attack of the Clones yeah but. But there's something about it that just looks like Clone Wars, you know, cartoon to me, um, which is cool. Mm. Uh, I feel like this show, uh, you know, very well may kind of, uh, how would I put it, Um, kind of take a more expansive um, kind of view of Obi-Wan Kenobi as a character rather than basing him just on, you know, the prequels and the original trilogy. I mean, it should, I suppose, right? Like, uh, be influenced by his story in like the Clone Wars and, uh, well, yeah, I guess the Clone Wars. Um, but you know, I think cause we talk about it all the time, there's a whole generation of fans who grew up like really loving Anakin and Obi-Wan, um, based mm-hmm. as much on their, you know, characters in the Clone Wars as, uh, as, as their appearances in the movie. And, uh, just mm-hmm. looking at that concept, our image kind of gives me that feeling that, you know, um, that, that's a source that's of course being mined and, and will be part of the, the, uh, the resources being used to create this new version of the character or this, you know, uh, maybe not new version, but a new look at the character in a new time. Yeah. And I think like something that was, you know, interesting around the release of Revenge of the Sith is, um, you know, once he, uh, once he got the got the mullet chopped off, once he went like full uh, full Hetfield uh, load era, um, <laughs> he uh, like there was all that talk about like, oh, this is really like bridging the gap between you know the the prequels and then you know Alec Guinness in A New Hope, like because his hair was like that shorter and he had like the you know more. Um, you know, restrained beard and stuff. And this actually like is taking it even further because you look at this concept art and I see kind of both Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that for sure. I like that. Yeah. Um, so from that concept, our image, we get one of a group of stormtroopers, Imperial stormtroopers, of course, like in, I don't, I don't recognize that location, um, if I should or not, but it's like a big, uh, big hallway with like super tall ceilings. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's much we can glean from the, the location there necessarily, but, um, well, maybe, okay. Does it look like it's underwater to you? Ooh, that would be cool. I see. Yeah, that's a good question. Like those. That's what I thought when I saw it. It looked like underwater. Like I thought there was were like fish swimming outside the windows, and because it's kind of that green. Yeah, that'd be cool. Vibe. That'd be really yeah. cool. Huh. Okay. Um. So where would that be? Like, um, maybe uh, what's that planet called? Uh, Aqualesh, or. Mm. Uh, I don't That's know. Who knows? It could be Mancala. Mancala, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it's not Tatooine, right? Especially if it's underwater, like in the ocean or whatever. <laughs> it's not Tatooine. We just haven't um, seen the giant Tatooine ocean yet. We just haven't been over to that side of the planet. Yeah, 
Maybe it's the Dune Sea when it was really the Dune Sea. You know what I mean? Ooh. Uh, I don't think so. Um, but the 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 comment there um, at this portion of the video is is uh, I believe it's you uh, and I, I have it uh, subtitled and sound down right now. But I think it's you and saying this is quite a dark time that we're coming into with him. And then um, he says, just being a Jedi, it's not safe. There's Jedi hunters out there. And, uh, you know, you had said, Ryan, that like we didn't really learn anything new in this trailer. And mm. may- maybe that's the case. I-, I don't know if it was, you know, I think there was rumors of Inquisitors in the show before, but um, there's concept art of, I believe, an Inquisitor with a couple of uh, stormtroopers behind them. And, uh, you know, like I said, the uh, the comment there is there's Jedi hunters out there. So I think it's safe to say we're going to we're going to have some inquisitors after Obi-Wan in the show, which is uh, pretty exciting, you know, especially like for a long time. I've talked about the show anyways, as it might be like one of those, uh, I don't know, lots of shots of Obi-Wan sitting at a campfire looking out at the horizon or something. Um, yeah. But the this teaser or whatever we call this is um, definitely um you know, kind of putting it out there that there's going to be a fair bit more going on in the show than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like inquisitors are kind of a, like they're, they're a felony thing, right? Is that where they debuted? Yeah. Cause I think they were created for rebels, right? Rebels. Yeah. And then like, yeah. we've seen them uh, a ton in the comics. We saw them in uh, Jedi fallen order. So they're right. just kind of, you know, part of everything now. Um, so yeah, I guess, it, yeah, it make, I mean, it makes sense that maybe they'd be, um, hunting down Jedi because that's what they hmm. do. Right. And we know there's going to be at least one battle, probably only one battle. I hope only one battle between Obi-Wan and, uh, Darth Vader, but this would uh, provide a little more opportunity for action. I mean, there's always the opportunity to, uh, cut down stormtroopers or something, I guess, but, um, you know, if it's going to be a more straightforward, like action oriented, big Star Wars type, you know, show, then mm-hmm. I maybe would have guessed in the past, then it makes sense for him to have some, you know, force uh, able characters to take on as well. And, uh, you know, I like the Inquisitors in, in Rebels. I think they're cool, uh, uh, especially, I don't know, a group of them I'm not as into as much, you know, um, mm-hmm. but the idea of like a single threatening Inquisitor potentially on his uh, on his case would be, I think that sounds good. I I actually really like the character in uh, Jedi Fallen Order because um, mm-hmm. it actually like gave her whole story, um, which I mm-hmm. thought was cool because um, generally it's just like, oh, here's a, you know, here's a here's a Knights of Ren. Here's like a, a tough looking <laughs> person in cool black armor who's gonna you know gonna hurt someone um but like i thought it was really well done in jedi fallen order um how they you know kind of fleshed out her story and her conflict and everything and um yeah i think this would you know i don't know i don't know if that will happen here um but I don't know. Yeah, I think these these characters can be cool. Um but I don't know. I'd like the I think I'm at like badass fatigue in Star mm. Wars. <laughs> um with uh you know just cuz we've had so many like helmeted badasses <laughs> lately. Um 
And uh, yeah, I think, you know, if we can actually like get characters with, you know, actual motivations and uh, some like a little bit more story to them, I think would be cool. But if it's just like, you know, just a, just a, a, a tough one um, coming after Obi-Wan, that's like a little less exciting to me, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, from there, uh, McGregor talks about how Obi-Wan has this one job left of, uh, you know, keeping Luke, uh, safe. And then Deborah Chow says, uh, that's definitely a starting place for our story. Um, Mm -hmm. the interesting thing is going to be where he goes from there. So, um, you know, again, it's going to definitely be more than just him, like, being contemplative uh out on tatooine um but when she says that the interesting thing is going to be where it goes from there it cuts to a couple of different pieces of concept art pretty quickly Mm -hmm. um but demonstrating some different locations that uh obviously will be part of the show which none of them really look like tatooine i don't think right so i mean especially not the second one i think like the uh, first one could be maybe uh, Cause it's just like very yellow and gold and like just foggy. Like that could be tattooing. It's not really like any thing we've seen on tattooing before. So likely not, but I guess it could fit. But um, there's also like a, like a a blade runner space car in the, uh, in that one, which is like kind of, kind of makes me think it's probably not tattooing. Cause yeah, see anything like that there ever well then the, the third one features like what look like speeders like like snow speeder type ships um yeah it's interesting to think about i don't know I, I think this is we know when this is set now i'm trying to remember if it's like 10 years i think it's like 10 years after revenge of the sith i want to say yeah it's like 10 years after sith like nine or 10 years before a new hope so kind of like yeah right in the middle yeah, so, yeah, there's a gonk droid and uh, some mm-hmm. what look like rebel fighters there. So, um, you know, I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to kind of see um, what uh, what involvement there might be with, you know, any kind of rebellion uh, and that sort of thing at this point, too. Because um, it looks like there's something like that going on here, you know, that he might yeah. uh, be involved in. Yeah, um, the middle and, one is like this total, like, neon city like once again like blade runner-esque mm, yeah cyberpunk there. yeah yeah that uh yeah those vibes and uh looks looks pretty cool um it looks like i think uh yeah it would be interesting how uh how obi-wan comes to be in in this place yeah yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then the the rest of the video is about the fact that um, Hayden Christensen and Darth Vader are part of the show. So um, again, as somebody who loved the behind the scenes stuff for the prequels, um, got really excited. I remember being really excited before Revenge of the Sith came out, um, reading or hearing about how Hayden and, I hope I have this story straight, but I think Hayden and Ewan both chose to go to Australia like a month or two earlier than they mm. had to be there just so they could like really 
choreograph and practice that lightsaber battle like super hardcore and like get it exactly right and it was like you know um uh i don't know i guess just like i i've you know ever since the prequel era you know all this time i've really loved them as a duo and i've had a lot of respect for uh, both of them as actors and like feel like they really gave a lot to the prequels of course and um so like just hearing you and be like oh man the most beautiful thing about this is it's bringing me back together with hayden that just is really fun to me and exciting um the idea of uh of them working together again and you know i know you know people have different feelings in terms of like whether or not they're happy to see darth vader be part of this show or series or you know um, more involvement between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi as characters, but I'm certainly excited for uh, Hayden and uh, Ewan to be working together again. Yeah, and so I I think, uh, you know, this is where it starts to get um, controversial. Um, but what's not controversial is we did get to see Wat Tambor in this video, which I was, which was not on my bingo card. Uh, so that but was what you exciting. mean by when you say that, what you mean is that they showed footage from Revenge of the Sith that included Wat Tambor, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they're hit, hinting at a big uh, techno union army uh, connection here. Big, uh, wow. big, big Wat Tambor story here. Mm hmm. Yeah. That might be the A plot, as they say. I think is, so. Uh, yeah. About Watt Tambor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Darth Vader, though. Um, uh-huh. And yeah. uh, the, the quote here is that uh, I think it's Deborah Chow saying we really couldn't, um, you know, kind of tell this story about kenobi without addressing anakin or vader um and as that's going on we see a cool shot of vader on his throne looking at some kind of uh, hologram there um but uh yeah you know um and then we see footage of uh of ewan um i think some people mistakenly thought that was uh hayden christensen swinging the lightsaber mm. around because he does have a mask on yeah. um but it's ewan who's practicing his lightsaber moves there um, but, uh, yeah, then, then McGregor, uh, closes out the video by saying like that he and or that Obi-Wan and Vader having another swing at each other might be quite satisfying for everybody. Um, along with some concept footage of Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting, it looks kind of, uh, like Mustafar, but, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I doubt they're going to go back. Well, it could be actually, because if Vader's that previous shot of him on his throne might be in his castle, right? We might see Vader's castle on screen, um, mm. which is uh, an exciting idea, actually, I think. But, um, but yeah, definitely, like, I mean, th- they're straight up showing concept art in th- this video saying, like, uh, well, of of those two characters fighting, you have Ewan McGregor saying, hey, these guys taking a swing at each other one more time might be exciting for everybody. And, uh, of course, Kathleen Kennedy a while back said that uh, it would be the rematch of the century or something like that. So um, yeah. leaving little doubt that Obi-Wan <laughs> and Darth Vader will in fact confront each other and have some sort of battle. So um, that's again, it's not really news, but it's uh, it's more confirmed than ever, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's also been like the, the thesis of a lot of the, five things you may have missed in the <sighs> Kenobi uh, uh, trailer articles, um, which I checked out a few of. Um, we might have and, missed that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader battle each other if we watch uh, this video. 
uh you know yeah there's a there's a lot of things you could have missed um (laughs) well no it was like but the the way the articles were framed is like yeah this is going to be the rematch of the century and you know all this stuff and i guess like it's i'm just kind of like realizing that oh they're actually going to do that and i guess there have been you know i guess there was that um kathy kennedy comment and Mm -hmm. uh, i mean you know ewan straight up says it and there's like them uh fighting over some fire here and i just like i don't know i just kind of assumed they would like never do that (laughs) like um and i I was just like no that's yeah uh, okay maybe it's like gonna be you know some like a vision or a flashback or something but like they're not really gonna have them fight again um and uh yeah, maybe it seems like they are. And that's kind of weird <laughs> to me. Yeah, I mean, definitely it is them explicitly flat out saying they are. So, I mean, if anybody's yeah. like not into the idea, um, better try to start getting over it now because it's definitely happening, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, um, all these decades of being a Star Wars fan and thinking about, you know, the time in between the original trilogy and the prequels and uh, just even before the prequels existed, just thinking about, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi out there and Tatooine um, looking after Luke. I I think I've, I've said uh, probably a lot of times before, and I think I always sort of felt like, you know, his, the most sort of stoic and the most kind of heroic and the most sort of, uh, you know, dedicated thing that he could do is just, sit there and hang out and wait. And that like, that should Mm -hmm. be Obi-Wan Kenobi's life is just ensuring that this jewel of a child in Luke Skywalker is safe. That's what he said he would do. That's like what his, his role is, whatever. Um, so, you know, I, that's how I always envisioned it, but thinking of it from a storytelling perspective and thinking of it from a, the show is happening perspective because there's always the argument of like well maybe they shouldn't just just shouldn't make a story about obi-wan kenobi in that time frame um right but if you're going to if you're going to do one then i think it needs to have some conflict and it needs to be you know i i i love star wars fans but i don't know that that many star wars fans would be um uh welcoming of a show about obi-wan sitting around a campfire on tatooine and just being contemplative and nothing really happening you know what i mean um, i would have i yes i know that you would have <laughs> um, i i, I want to say that i would have too but uh-huh. i think generally speaking that's the kind of thing that people would not be cool with or would not be into as far as like a a live action project goes anyway so um I think it's got to have some action. It's got to have some conflict, whatever. And so if that's mm-hmm. the case, what does that look like? You know? Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I would say that I think there's plenty of ways that a confrontation between the two could be logical. And uh, you know, I, the, the fear of course, is that like the confrontation between them and a new hope feels less, uh, meaningful because of what happens in this show. So I guess the, uh, to me, I think the task in front of them is to create a confrontation between them in the show that if 
if it doesn't enhance the confrontation in A New Hope, it at least doesn't detract from it. You know, I think that's like the, that would be my concern. Um, as long as it doesn't detract from that moment in A New Hope, um, if it can maybe add something to it or if it can at least just, you know, stay out of its way, then I think, um, you know, it, it could and should be good. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Like, I think I like also just, you know, gradually just coming to terms with, you know, all of this that there's, you know, they're going to just keep, uh, keep plugging stuff in. Um, and Mm. you know, that's, it's not, you know, it's not really just the six movies anymore, which, you know, and this, this happened for sure during the EU, but like, it was so easy to ignore EU stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I think the kind of first and I've I think I've like complained about this on the show before the first time that like that kind of gave me pause of this like Disney era was, um, you know, they came out and they're like, all right, uh, you know, everything's going to be canon. We're launching these new Marvel Star Wars books like this is canon. This this happened. Uh and then, like, in, I don't know, like, the first or second issue of that, like, Marvel comic, it, like, takes place after A New Hope, and, like, Luke and Vader confront each other. And you're yeah, like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, huh? Um, and that was where I was like, really? You're just, like, doing this? Um, and that's kind of how I feel about, about this. But at the same time, like, I think, um, you know, I do have a lot of faith in the creators here. Like, you know, Mm. I think um, Ewan is, you know, he's like, he's got a producer credit on the show. And I think he's um, been pretty protective and classy about this character. Mm. Um, And, you know, even in the like prequel era, like he always like was super reverent and like honored Alec Guinness's work um Mm. and I like in you know there there isn't really like a lot of um you know that he's been involved in there hasn't been any like bad Obi-Wan stuff that he's been involved in um and I don't think he'd take a project if it was bad (laughs) um or like oh this like completely like negates like all of you know Sir Alec Guinness's work in A New Hope or or negates my work in the prequels. Um, so like I trust in him and I trust in Deborah Chow as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. I think my expectations for the show were a little different. Like I thought, like I was like, I want, I want Obi-Wan hanging out in a hut in the desert, like Mm. maybe like the most exciting thing that could possibly happen is like him talking to Qui-Gon like that. Mm. I would have like, that would have popped the boys here. And uh, (laughs) like, that was like really all I needed. And like, maybe like, uh Oh, some like, you know, some Tusken Raiders are snooping around, better go take care of them uh, kind of thing. Um, But that was like really all I was expecting out of it. And I was like really cool with that. Um, so I don't know about, like, I don't, I don't really want to see another Obi-Wan Darth Vader fight. Like I, that's not something I'm like craving, but you know, if they can, if they can pull it off and do it well, and I don't know it, like, it's kind of just one of those things where it's like, 
okay, you can do this thing that you don't really need to do. You just like, just don't be offensive about it. And then like, when you're in that situation, it's like, well, should you even really be doing this? Like kind of thing? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you there. I hear you there. Um, I mean, like I certainly don't want it to be a super kinetic, like, you know, um, I don't think it should be a revenge of the Sith style, like ultra choreographed, uh, lightsaber (laughs) battle. Um, you know, then leading into a new hopes, um, very (laughs) slow paced, uh, lightsaber battle between them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's gotta probably be somewhere in between those two. Like, um, it's gotta be probably a little more exciting than the, a new hope one, but, uh, it's, it should not be to the level of the revenge of the Sith one. I'm sure. Um, maybe something more, well, no, that's even not that. Cause they're like jumping all over the place. So I was to say maybe something more along the lines of like Ray and, uh, kylo in um the rise of skywalker or uh maybe like kylo and and uh, finn and ray on star killer base in, in the force awakens you know um, or maybe like closer to the obi-wan darth maul fight in rebels, in rebels? yeah well i mean yeah. which is like a like a, a proper samurai battle <laughs> well it's like one strike right it's like yeah two seconds long I don't think that'll work <laughs> for this show. I don't maybe, but, um, but I mean, like, I love that. I like that, but I mean, I love um, it. And um, the level yeah. of like, um, anticipation for this, I feel like it's going to be too high to, uh, to have something over and done that quickly, you know, but that's like right. Over, I mean, that's like pretty close to like bumping up to the, the time. And so like, I kind of like accepted that, like, Oh, this is how Obi-Wan fights at this point. And I guess this is taking place like, five or six or seven years before that well 10 10 years roughly because that's like is that right uh, before a new hope that he kills oh well i guess not i guess rebels is a couple years before a new hope right yeah when did rebels yeah so i think it's like five to seven years yeah um so like yeah it's maybe something like between that and revenge of the sith because i don't you know the doing backflips on lava platforms right feel like it would fit i'm hoping for no um lava hoverboards in there in their yeah. fight in this one yeah. yeah um but i would just say real quickly um as far as the justification for this or whatever goes or like how like um i think a lot of people um return to that line from vader in um, the original trilogy when he says to Luke, like Obi-Wan once thought as you did, you know, that you could, that he could like turn him back or whatever. And, uh, mm. I doubt that George Lucas or, you know, um, uh, whoever, um, <laughs> at the time we're thinking like, oh yeah, cause that's cause they met up again in between the events of, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. then on the other hand, the prequels weren't even made yet. Like what had happened between Obi-Wan and Vader in the past wasn't really set in stone when that line was delivered, but it certainly seemed to indicate like, Hey, you know, um, there's been some communication with Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan thought he could maybe turn me back from the dark side. And you can make the argument that that could allude to the conversation they have in Revenge of the Sith too, like, you know, whatever. But I mean, I that's think there's how some I wi- interpreted it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's some wiggle room there. But even more mm-hmm. importantly than that, probably is just the fact that like, you know, I see that Inquisitor and the concept art and it's like, it's pretty easy for me to see the chain of events there. And because I had said like, hey, you know, his primary goal should be keeping Luke safe, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, I can kind of see a, a, a chain of events where it's like, okay, well, there's an Inquisitor. The Inquisitor finds out that Obi-Wan is alive and on Tatooine. So 
um, Obi-Wan needs to do something about that. Right. And then that could bring him into like that could end up leading to him crossing paths with Darth Vader. So if it's just like Obi-Wan being like, well, I could stay here and protect Luke, but I should probably go talk to Darth Vader and have a fight with him. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. And that would not be good. But, uh, if like that inquisitor, um, is part of an imminent threat to Luke Skywalker that requires like him dealing with it. You know what I mean? And I think it, that's what the show has to probably be about on some level. Cause otherwise, why is he leaving Tatooine? I mean, I, I'm almost just as offended by that as I am the idea of him seeing mm. Darth Vader again. Like, wh- what are you doing? Where are you going, man? That little kid is there on Tatooine and you need to be there to protect him. So if he's leaving and it seems like he certainly is right. Um, there should be a good reason for that. And I feel like all of this is probably going to be, um, connected back to a threat to Luke and, uh, um, I'm not really sure like the chain or like exactly like the steps that would lead him to Darth Vader, but I think it's got to be on that path, right? Like the empire is finding out about him or is going to find out about him. Maybe it'd be better if they don't find out he's on Tatooine. Actually, definitely it would be, but you know what I'm saying? Like the threat mm. being that like they are, they either know that about that he's still out there or they're going to find out he's still out there. And so, you know, he needs to take t- steps to, mitigate that threat and then that's what would put him in the path of Darth Vader. So anyway, that's 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 what I envision happening. And if that's done well, then I think like my concerns about hey, he shouldn't be out like being on any kind of adventure or whatever would be yeah, you know, pretty much quelled by that if that's the kind of story that they tell in a that that's what my feeling is, um, or my my hunch is that that's the kind of story that we're gonna get here. Yeah. And I mean, there is precedent. There is like um, an issue or two of the the recent Marvel comic um, that has like Obi Wan going, you know, on some like mini adventures when he's you know supposed to be babysitting. Um, mm. And then you know we still need to. I think something we should task ourselves with before the show premieres is reading the read the book the Kenobi book. And see, because I still like I don't know what happens in that book. Um, And, you know, it's not canon or whatever now. But um, I just I wonder what like the approach was, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, when that book came out. That sounds like a good project for next spring, you know? Um, Yeah. Like when uh, Book of Boba Fett is over and we're uh, we're getting pumped for Obi-Wan, which we don't know when it's coming out. I think it's going to come out around May of 2022. Then I think that Andor is going to come out um, like fall of 2022 and then <clears throat> uh, Mando after that. So uh, I think that's what we're looking at. But uh, we are coming up on our... Uh, what would you say like our, our recording end time here? Like we've yep, got to wrap yep. things up. Um, so I will just say that I'm excited for Obi-Wan. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I wish we had learned a little more, um, about other stuff happening, um, on Disney plus day, but you know, uh, that, that video was still pretty exciting to me and, uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited about the show. I did watch Boba Fett under the helmet. Um, so I'll tell you about it, Ryan quickly. Cool. And, uh, I'm going to guess that, uh, well, I'll tell you about it and, uh, any listeners who haven't watched it yet. Right. So it is a 21 minute documentary. It mm. is, uh, it's, it feels it has, it has a kind of, um, this is for general fans, people interested in Star Wars at all kind of fe- vibe to it. Okay. Um, 
you know, so it's not like, oh, wow, this is for people who are obsessed with Star Wars and, you know, want to know like every little tiny thing about Boba Fett. But Mm -hmm. that being said, it's pretty entertaining, I guess, is another way of of putting that. But that being said, um, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. There's footage of the first uh, costume test for Boba Fett, black and white. The white suit. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, with Ben Burt hosting that. There's some good um, comments from George Johnson, uh, George Johnson, George Lucas and Joe Johnson, both, (laughs) um, and Ben Burt um, talking about those days. And uh, Dwayne Dunham, who um, you may have heard on Talking Bay 94, and also who was uh, the guy wearing the costume in the parade uh, in San uh, San Anselmo, where, um, you know, he kind of first made his public appearance. Uh, There's some discussion from George of the holiday special. I mean, it's one comment, but still. Um, So that's cool. And uh, it traces the history of Boba Fett. So from his inception, and then it kind of gets into the Django Fett thing. And then it kind of gets into the Mandalorian as well. But um, there's some great footage from Rancho Obi-Wan and some nice uh, Steve Sansweet um, interview footage in there. Um, so that's really cool. Him talking about some some uh, obscure Boba Fett merch and stuff like that. So that's great. And uh, finally, um, my, my favorite part of the um, Under the Helmet video uh, about halfway through, maybe um, there's a good two or three minute chunk that is kind of a little tribute to um, uh, Jeremy Bullock. Uh, so oh, nice. that yeah, and it's really well done. It's like really nice, um, you know, um, some 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 time spent with his wife uh, Maureen, uh, I believe is her name, um, discussing their life in the Star Wars fandom, and you know how. Uh, uh, how much he enjoyed like the convention circuit and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that that's really, really good um, as well. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I'm not the world's biggest Boba Fett fan as we've talked mm-hmm. about. Um, but I still, I thought it was like a, it was, it was a pretty, um, uh, pre- pretty well done little documentary, you know, moves along at a quick pace. Um, there's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh it's energetic and, and kind of entertaining enough that, you know, I think like most people would enjoy it, but also it does kind of offer some, some cool footage. Oh, and, and some really cool, uh, behind the scenes footage from, um, return of the Jedi, uh, on the set there, um, for return of the Jedi. Um, and it has the feel, the footage kind of has the feel that that footage from, the Skywalker Saga documentary. What was that called? I think it was called the Skywalker, whatever that documentary was called that, that uh, was released with the rise of Skywalker um, Mm -hmm. Blu-ray. So I don't know if you remember like, but there was a bunch of like behind the scenes footage from the set of uh, return of the Jedi um, in the opening of that. And uh, I thought it looked really cool and just had like a really cool, you know, vibe to it. And um, Yeah. yeah, there's footage like that in, in here as well from the return of the Jedi um, set. So yeah, overall it's a pretty cool package. And, uh, I think, you know, even for, for people who aren't super into Boba like me, um, there's still a lot there to enjoy. So I would recommend it. Cool. Yeah. All right. That's Disney plus day, the Kenobi, uh, announcement video, whatever, uh, teaser video. And, uh, 
under the helmet um, on Disney Plus. So, you know, an okay Disney Plus day, not as much as I expected, but still pretty good. I have to go to a show now, Ryan. I'm going to see a band. So I got to wrap mm-hmm. up this recording. Um, so thanks very much for listening. We will be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. Rumor is it will be the 200th episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. Um, until then, you can uh, find everything we do uh, at blockheadrunnerpodcast.com. If you want to uh, share your opinions of Disney Plus Day um, or the Kenobi stuff, uh, you can reach out to the show through email, blockheadrunnerpodcast at gmail.com, or uh, follow the show on Twitter at Blockade Run, and you could always message us there. Um, and Ryan, you are on Twitter at Biomalay, V A Y A M A L A Y. All right, cool. So thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. We are all the Republic Commandos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought this time maybe you'd just say, hey, uh, Boba. <laughs> <laughs>